Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, love you guys. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors around here at LifePoint Church. We're so glad you're here for um, the third of our services, and this is, the, uh, this is the liveliest crowd of all. It's not the biggest one, but it's the liveliest one because you guys are more awake than everybody else. You slept, you stayed out too late, and you slept too long, and now you're here. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We're so glad you're here, man. Uh, thank you so much for being here. A um, couple things real quick. Um, Mother's Day was last week, and if you missed that, um, we had three fantastic ladies up here speaking, and I would love it if you missed last week, and by the way, if you're a mom and you missed last week because you were visiting family or whatever, happy Mother's Day, like a week late, but go check it out on our podcast, lifepointsa.com, Facebook, it's all there. We'd love for you to go check that out. I think it'll be a lot of help um, for you and to you. Um, I just, I feel like before I jump in that the right thing for us to do would be for us to stop and pray um, for the folks down in Santa Fe, Texas. Um, I know that by now you know what went down there. And this one has affected me in a different way than some of the other ones because I know so many people. We lived just right there in that area and some of our very best friends um, live there. As a matter of fact, our pastor, Rachel and I's pastor, Jim Kilgore, um, the church that we came from in Houston, um, his daughter was there. She's a senior at that school and she ran out and they got texts and he showed me the texts of their conversation. Dad, somebody's got a shotgun, somebody's shooting, I'm running out. You can imagine if you got that as a parent, what that would do to your heart. And then one of my very dearest friends, his, his daughter saw people shot and gunned down. Um, so they're dealing with that. And of course, he's as a pastor dealing with, with the outfall of that uh, with his church. And I just think that those folks and particularly the folks that I know personally um, just need our prayer. Amen, somebody. And I know you just sat down, but do you mind standing up just one more time? And uh, let's pray together that God um, would help them. Um, that's right, isn't it? Just for us to stop and pray. Can, can we do that real quick? Lord, thank you so very much, um, God, that you, the Bible says that you are the God of all comfort. And Lord, right now, um, that's what these folks need. Um, and I can't imagine the, 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 the 10 families who are dealing with the loss of their, not, nine of them children, students, God, and one of them um, a teacher. I don't even know how to wrap my brain around that, but Lord, I pray that you would give them strength and that you'd give them comfort and that you would be a helper, Lord. And I know that this type of thing is just happening more and more and it's just insane. And, and may we as a congregation not forget that this is evil at work. Um, we want to polit politicize these things and we want to divide over it, but it's really, it's darkness, Lord, moving through people's lives, creating this havoc and this damage. And I just pray against the enemy. The Bible says that where darkness abounds, that the grace of God does much more abound. And I'm praying, Lord Jesus, that in Santa Fe and then in Houston and those around surrounding communities, um, which were just so devastated last year by, by the hurricane, that they would just have strength and that, that you would bless with incredible wisdom the leaders and the pastors and the teachers and the school administrators and the, the politicians who are down there trying to figure all this out. And the, the first response people and the medical teams that are that are working on the, the injured even still, Lord, that you would give them great help and great wisdom and great comfort. And Lord, God, for those who are mourning, Lord, the Bible says to mourn with those who mourn. And we, we mourn with them this morning and we remember the fallen, oh God. And we just pray 
that you would do uh, amazing things, Lord, that, that in spite of it seeming impossible, that somehow good could come from this and change could happen, Lord, and, and people would come to know you and, and your life and your light would shine brightly through all of this. And we just pray, God, that you would bring help and, and, and to, the, to the helpless and the hopeless, that you'd bring hope and you'd give grace to those who need it today. We pray these things in, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for standing with me for just a moment and letting me do that. Uh, when you pray, pray for Jim Kilgore and, and Nancy Kilgore and Lace Kilgore and Kevin and, and his daughter, Lord, um, uh, Avery, who had to see all that. Just pray for those folks as you go about your prayer time. So today is a uh, special day um, in Christendom. Um, so from, from Catholics to Lutherans to Charismatics and Pentecostals and every sort of group in between, um, today is, is the day of Pentecost. It's, it, we, we call this uh, Pentecost Sunday. And I got to be honest with you and tell you that I just kind of forgot about it happening. Um, and I, I just didn't remember it, that today is the day that we all celebrate the birth of the Christian church, which happened in Acts chapter 2. Um, you can read about that. Uh, they called it the day of the Pentecost. It was part of the Passover. And um, so it was an amazing, amazing thing that happened there. And, 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 and it was funny because I didn't remember it until Monday. Um, but it, it's kind of fitting, though, that God sort of orchestrated this, that today I'm starting a brand new series on the Holy Spirit. Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is what was poured out on the day of Pentecost and created the, the Christian church as we know it today. That's, that's how all of that came to be. And so we celebrate um, all of that. And it's just an amazing thing that in spite of the fact that I just was like, that's when I'm teaching that in May. And I didn't realize that how it all worked. It's just, it's cool how God works that stuff out. And the, the reason I, the reason I want to talk about this is because I don't think that the American church in particular has a good grasp on the Holy Spirit's work, the Holy Spirit's reality in our lives, how he makes a difference in our lives. And I, I think it's not, I think that in, in third world countries and places that are under-resourced, under-empowered, they rely on the Holy Spirit in a completely different way than we do. Americans who are sort of self-sufficient and self-sustaining in our own minds, we're really not, but we think that we are. And, 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 and what happens is that believers and, and really churches and denominations tend to sort of separate into one of two camps. There's, there's the camp that sort of overemphasizes um, the Holy Spirit. It's like everything's Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost and, 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 and everything's super spiritual. And, and it's like a little like what, what's happening over there in that kind of church. And there's crazy stuff going down. And, 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 and I, and a lot of you won't relate to that, but I do because I grew up in that, right? I grew up in the, like where my sister and I, we, we crack up now because like everything was so super spiritual that everything that was either God, spirit or the devil, everything, like something fell off the, off the ledge. And we're like, I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. Like it was just something fell off a ledge, brah. It's okay. You know, I'd be like, ah, oh. but like we were so jumpy about the whole thing. We wouldn't sleep with our lights off at night. Me and my sister would be like, the light's on. So the demons have to run from the light. I, that's not true, but it felt like it was the right whole thing, you know? And so I grew up in that camp and I see that happening and I'm like, wow, that's, that's, they get some of it, but they kind of go a little crazy on some of the other stuff. And, and so there's that camp. And, and then there's the other camp. Um, which I think is far more common, and that's the camp that underemphasizes the Holy Spirit, under undervalues, pays really no attention. It's sort of like there's that thing over there. 
I, I remember um, there's a pastor named Francis Chan, um, and he's phenomenal, by the way. And, and by the way, you should Google him. Like, not right now, because I would like to preach to you. You like, like, don't skip a Sunday, you know, because our brother needs you up here too, you know. But like, just just Google Francis Chan. He's an amazing, amazing teacher and preacher. And but he, but he wrote this book called Forgotten God, and I read it several years ago. And matter of fact, I grabbed it this week just to remind myself of what he said, because here's here's what he says about that sort of camp over there that, that sort of forgets about the thing. He says, from my perspective, the Holy Spirit is tragically neglected and, and for all practical purposes forgotten. And he says, while no evangelical would deny his existence, I'm willing to bet there are millions of churchgoers across America who cannot confidently say that they have experienced his presence or action in their lives over the past year. And then this sad state of affairs, and many of them do not believe that they can. And I just find that sad and, 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 and like... I, I don't want to be that. Like as a pastor, as a church, as a Christian person, I don't want to be that because I think that's not what God wants for us as believers, that God wants us to be spirit-led and, and spirit-empowered. And then, and then Paul writes to the Galatian church in Galatians 5, and, and, and he says, hey, everybody keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And that, that's just this picture that, that as you're doing life, that as you're going around through life, that that you just know that he's with you, that he's walking as you walk and you're just keeping in step. Hey, we're going left today. Hey, I wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me to do today? I wanna walk with you. That's the pic picture of, of, of a life that's integrated with the Holy, Holy Spirit. And so I wanna jump into this um, and, and then we'll just do two weeks of this and then we'll come back another time and, and, and I can't tell you everything I know or everything I've learned or everything I've experienced in, in two sessions, but we'll come back and we'll do this in, in part two. This one's just kind of a primer, just like a, hey, here's some elementary type things about the Holy Spirit. Now, when we think of God, we think of God as, as father, right? That's, that's a normal thing, God as a father. And we can relate to that because um, maybe we are fathers or we all had a father. Maybe he was good or maybe he wasn't good, a good father. Maybe he was there, maybe he wasn't there. But we can at least kind of relate to the idea of God as a father. And then, and then Jesus, you know, son of God, like we can relate to him because, well, he was a human after all. And so he was, the Bible says, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Like he was God come down to become human. And, 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 and we can be encouraged and, and, and strengthened by the fact that for God so loved the world that he sent, he gave his only what? His only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we can be, we can, we can go. He kind of gets us in a way that we maybe didn't think other, like, like that we could be God. Like he, 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 he ate like we did. Well, not as good as we did because we live in San Antonio and he lived in like dry places where they didn't have carne guisada and big red, which is, I'm just, I had some this week and it's just a beautiful thing. That's all I'm saying. Like, 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 like the Holy Spirit can't eat chips, but, but, but he wishes he could, you know, anyways. Um, but, but the Bible says in Hebrews that he was all in all points tempted like we were, but he didn't sin. So we can relate to him because like he was one of us. But the Holy Spirit, we're like, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, right? It's like, it's like cousin Eddie, you know, like at, at your, at, you know, like some of you have big families and at Thanksgiving, they all come to, you know, you know, your grandma's house or who, or some of the aunt's house. And, and you're always like, hey, does cousin Eddie have to sit at the big table or can he sit with the little kids at the padded room where they color all over everything? Because cousin Eddie's kind of weird and we're like, we don't really get cousin Eddie. So we're going to kind of leave him over there in that other room. Come on, y'all got a Cousin Eddie in your house. Some of you are Cousin Eddie because you're like, no, we don't. We don't. You're him. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> You're welcome, by the way. But, but we do this with the Holy Spirit. We're like, the Holy Spirit is for those kind of folks over there, you know, the ones that run around and they're like blowing on people and they're blowing like shofars and banging tambourines and running around with flags or whatever. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay, anyways, there are some like that. Anyways, like, like that's for them. But not, not for us, you know, because, you know, I ain't afraid of no ghost, except I kind of am, you know what I'm saying? Like, I am a little bit afraid of a ghost. Like, like I, I, don't, I don't get that. And, and we sort of make the Holy Spirit like this other thing for other kinds of those people over there. You know, like, like what are they doing? Because, like, I go by their church and the roof is bouncing a little bit, you know. It's like, what's happening over there right now? Um, like I get that, but a lot of you don't, you don't, you don't understand that. And so, so let, let me just sort of flesh this out over the next little bit here. So, so Jesus comes to the earth as a baby. He's, he's raised, he becomes a man. He dies and pays the penalty for our sins, right? Three days later, he comes out of the grave. He, he's risen again. We celebrate that on Easter. It's a powerful story. And then he has this new body, this glorified body, the, the sort of post-resurrection body. And all of a sudden, he's walking through walls. It's like, it's like, it's awesome. Like, I would like to do that. Just be like, like, like y'all are waiting for me to come out. And I just come out of the roof and be like, hey, everybody and everybody, oh, you know, well, he's doing this to them and he's like instructing them. He's doing meals with them for 40 days. Well, at the end of the time, he's at the Mount of Olives and he's like, hey guys, I'm going to leave now. He ascends into the heavens. And by the way, the Bible says that when he comes back, the second coming of Jesus, he's going to go right back to the Mount of Olives and he's going to come there. And, and I believe that could happen at any time, at any time. And, and so at, at any rate, he's like, but before he leaves, he says, hey, I want you to go. Disciples, there's about 500 there, I think. I think it's about 500 that are there. And he says, go, go wait in Jerusalem. And, and hang out there until the, I send to you the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, which you're going to need um, after I leave here. I'm going I'm to take off. And they're freaked out about that. He goes, but I'm not going to leave you hanging. Go wait in there. And so you can read about this in Acts chapter 2. And so the Holy Spirit gets poured out on those believers. And, and it's poured out in such a, a demonstrative way, in such an unusual way that had never happened before, that when these guys come out, there's 120. Not everybody didn't make the journey. Like 380 were like, eh, I'm not going. 120 go. That they're, It's during the Passover. And so there's all of these Christians, I mean, not Christians, these Jewish people from all over the, uh, of the realm. They all speak these different languages. And, and they're like, what is going on with those people, some of them are speaking in my own language. They're speaking in, an, in another language, and, and they're like, and then some are like making fun of it, like, like whatever's that they're drunk. Come on. And Peter's like, dude, it's just nine o'clock. This isn't San Antonio, bro. We're not. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You're like, one o'clock. That's when it happens. Um, but, anyways. So, so Peter gets up and tries to demystify this, to explain it. Like, y'all got some explaining to do, you know what I'm saying? And, and so he's like, hey, this isn't what you think it is. He's trying to get all these people who are like making fun of it, going, wow, whatever, that's crazy, or they're drunk. He's like, no, 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 this is that which was spoken about by the prophet Joel. And Joel 2, right? This is, this is that. This is what Jesus said was going to happen. Like, settle down. Don't be afraid of this. Don't keep at arm's length what God wants to do in your life. This is what he's saying to them. Let me explain it to you so you'll understand. This is not something crazy or weird. This is that. This is the good stuff. And so he's like, they're not drunk and they're not crazy and, and, and God wants to do some crazy good stuff in your life. So I want to do that. I want to just sort of demystify over the next two weeks 
um, as best I can, with, with as much vigor and energy as I have. Let's demystify that. Now, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you're like, well, what is that? Well, sort of simply put, the Holy Spirit is the invisible presence of God. Right? Like, and, and we kind of get this. We get invisible because like, like today when you walked in, you walked in and it was very humid out there, right? So when you got up, your hair was this big, but by the time you got here, your hair was this big. Come on, right? Because of the humidity. Am I right? Like some of you are like, I'm rocking a fro now, bro. I can rock it now. I didn't mean to rock a fro, but I'm rocking. Like when I was young, I had long hair and my hair would just go boop. Like, like ringlets, man. And dudes would be like, you curled your hair? I'm like, nah, humidity curled my hair. Ladies, can y'all relate to that? I hate that I got to relate to the ladies on this, but that's, that's where I'm going right now. You know what I'm saying? So, like you can get the humidities in the air. That's moisture. We can't see the moisture, but the plants are, are deriving the, the moisture from it. They're, they're getting help from it. Like today it was so humid when I walked out after the second service, like I saw a bass swim by. Like, and I was like, oh, let's go fishing for bass. That didn't really happen. I just made that up. But that's how humid it is outside, 100% or whatever, you know? Oh, you get invisible because like when you turn on your radio in your car, where do you think that sound comes from? Right? Is it coming from your engine? Like that's, that's the yellow light. That's what's wrong with the yellow light that blopped on. But where's that, where's that, where's that stuff coming? Where are those stations coming from? They're coming from the air, right? Sound waves. They're out there in the air. You can't see them, but they're there. Bandwidth. Like every night you go home and turn on your computer and the bandwidth has been sucked up by all your neighbors and everything's super slow. And you're like, I paid $49 a month for this. And it's like super slow. Bandwidth, right? You get it. It's invisible. It's there. Well, the Holy Spirit is the invisible presence of God. So, so, so for instance, like you'll hear us say from up here a lot of times, man, God's here. God's spirit is here. His presence is here to do a great work in your life and he can change things. And what we don't mean is that we got the Holy Spirit in a room out back and in a minute we're going to bring him out here and he's, he's going to be like, oh yes, to everybody. That's not what we mean. What we mean is like when we sing a song, like when we sing that song, it's your breath in our lungs. Were you saying that right there? And some of you, come on, be honest. You got goosebumps on your arm, right? You were thinking, and your hairs were standing up and you're like, sometimes you're like, man, I, just, I don't even know why. I'm, just, I'm not even sad that I'm crying right now. You know, and you're like, ah, Holy Spirit, right? So some of you come in and you're like, I'm sad and I'm, I'm down and I'm tired and I'm angry. And then you walk out and you're like, man, I feel really good right now, you know? <laughs> what is that? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the presence of God. You can't see him, but you feel him. You can know that he's doing something amazing in your life. The invisible spirit of God. Now, some of you are like, I don't know about all that, but listen, listen to me. The spirit of God is referenced 800 times in the Bible. Like, I don't, that's for those people over there. 800 times in the Bible. Right, beginning in Genesis chapter one, verse two, I think it is, right, where it says, and the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep, but the spirit of God hovered over all of it. And that word, the spirit there in the, in the Hebrew is ruach, right? You gotta kind of spit a little bit when you say a Hebrew word. I don't know Hebrew, but I know I like to spit a little bit when I say it. And, and it just means the violent exhalation of God. Like it's a... Right? And, and the world was formed at his breath and the world was formed at his command, right? And, and then you get to, to the New Testament and the Greek word is pneuma, which means a breath of fresh air. Like, like I came in tired, I came in down, I came in beat up, but, I, but the spirit of God moved a breath of fresh air and I'm revived in my spirit. And all of a sudden I go back out and it's like something totally different happened. The, the Holy Spirit, the invisible presence of God. 
So, so, so in the Old Testament, you'd see the presence of God come on like King Saul. The Bible would say the spirit of God came on, on him, but then he would do crazy stuff and then it would depart from him. And, and then King David, like he has, he makes a terrible mistake in Psalm 51. He says, please God, don't take your spirit from me. And you could see the spirit kind of coming and going. But you get to the New Testament and the spirit is poured out in Acts chapter two. And, and the promise is he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never depart from you. Totally different deal. Spirit, the invisible presence of God. And, and, and in the New Testament, you can see these, these, these pictures of the Spirit. Like, so Jesus gets baptized. And by the way, Jesus got baptized because he wanted us to know how important it is. And so some of us are like, I don't need to be baptized. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Jesus did it for, because he wants us all to know. This is what we do. We, we give our lives to Jesus. We get baptized. And listen, you're like, man, I don't really want to get wet. Well, you get wet every day, I hope, because you take a shower or a bath. And if you don't, like, we know. We want to hose you, man. We want to baptize you in soap and water. Yes. Anyways, I don't know. Um, so, so, but the, then the Bible says that the spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove, right? And then, and then on the day of Pentecost, you see that the spirit descended on these, these God-fearing believers and, and they begin to speak in other languages, other tongues, and, 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 and people were blown away because they were hearing these people speak in their own languages. And then you keep going through the book of Acts and you see God pouring out uh, uh, these supernatural gifts that are listed all throughout the New Testament in Paul's writings. There's various lists of these supernatural gifts and they start doing crazy stuff, like stuff that they could never do on their own. They're doing it. And then God gives to every believer the, the fruit of the spirit, love and joy and peace and, 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 and all, all of these amazing things that the Holy Spirit, that's the invisible spirit of God. So Jesus is having this conversation uh, in, in, and, and with this Samaritan woman, we talked about it two weeks ago and she's at a well and she's drawing water there. And so he comes up to her and he starts talking to her. And by the way, she turns out to be kind of a disaster and he's, he's telling her all this stuff that she, she doesn't know that he knows about her. But, but what I love about it and, and what I'm so grateful for is that Jesus will come to people who it seems don't deserve it, like people like me, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm so grateful for, for the fact that with Jesus, everybody's welcome and nobody's perfect and with him, anything is possible. Aren't you, aren't you grateful for a savior like that, everybody? Amen, somebody? And so, so they're having this conversation and she's there to draw water and he's trying to teach her deep spiritual truths. And so he wants to demystify the work of the spirit that he's about, that he's about to pour out. And he says to her, hey, the spirit's kind of like water. Like you came here because you're thirsty and you wanted some water. He said, I'm gonna give you something that when you drink of it, you'll never thirst again. And he's just demystifying it the way that Peter was trying to, like, like, hey, don't confuse it. This is what it is. And so this is what he's doing. This He's demystifying. He's trying to make it relatable to, to, to this woman so that she can understand it. And it's beautiful because we know that water has all these various forms, right? Like water is a liquid. Like last night it rained and, and it rained a little bit. And, and if you look at my car, it rained a little bit of mud. Again, can I get an amen on that? Like, I, like stop raining mud around here, San Antonio. And, and, but that's, that's liquid. And then sometimes you see it in a solid form like ice. And then other times you see it uh, in, in a vapor form like fog or, or like a mist. And you're like, oh, check that out. Water has all these forms. And so God's saying, hey, the spirit of God can move and act and do things in all sorts of different forms. So, th so then Jesus, still trying to make the spirit relatable, he comes up in John chapter 7. And he's, the Bible says that he's at this festival. And in verse 37, on the last day and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, 
Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, look, look, look at this, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That, that a person that is living in the spirit-led life, it's, there's a flow about their lives. That, that they don't, it's not that they don't have problems. It's not that they don't have issues, that there's just a flow, a graceful flow that they make their way through life, keeping in step with the spirit, walking with the spirit. There's a flow. He says, it's like rivers of living water. And then John, because he's writing this much, much later than the book of Acts happenings happened, he's, he's giving commentary. He's sort of saying parenthetically, by this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. He knows this because they had already received it, but he's writing this in the past tense, right? So th there it is again, a great analogy that, that Jesus is like, hey, I want to demystify. It's like water to the, to the woman at the well, to, to the crowd up there at the festival. Hey, it's like a rivers of living water. Then, then in John 3, he meets with a guy named Nicodemus and he's trying to tell him how people are born of the water and of the spirit. And Nicodemus is having a struggle with it. And he says, hey, hey, the Holy Spirit's like, like the wind, like you can, you can see the effects of it moving the trees. You can feel the cool breeze of it, but you can't contain it. You can't, you can't harness it. He says, so is it with anybody who's born of the spirit, right? All of this, this, this relatable demystifying language, like let's don't make it for just a certain group over here. It's for everybody. So, so, so what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, the Holy Spirit, the invisible presence of God is at work, active every day, every moment, all the time on millions of believers' lives, empowering them, changing them, coaching them, guiding them, comforting them, helping them to be all that they can be. So, so here's what Jesus says. In John 14, if you have your Bibles, turn there. We're gonna be in John a bunch right here. We're gonna read a lot of scriptures fast. We'll see Jesus talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in John 14, John 15, John 16, John 3, John 7. It's just littered in here. And here's what Jesus says, and I will ask the Father. He's talking to his disciples now. He's told them, hey, I gotta go, guys. I'm about to take off. But he says, I'm gonna ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Like he's been advocating for them, Jesus has. He says, he's gonna give you another advocate. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. To help you and what? Say it with me. Be with you. Is it up there? Yeah. How long? Forever. Look at this. The spirit of what? Truth. The, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. And see, a lot of people, not even in the world, so like believers, they don't see him. They don't know him either because they don't know about the Holy Spirit. Nobody's ever taught them about the Holy Spirit or they're, they're quenching like, no way, I don't want anything to do with that. But they don't see him. They don't know him. He says, but, but you know him. But look at this, for he lives with you and he will be, where? In you, in you. Holy Spirit. Now, when you read about the Holy Spirit in scriptures, um, you find that you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit, that, that, the, that, that, that God in spirit form is, is, has emotions and, and you can quench him and you can grieve him. And, 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 and then Jesus is gonna say at, at another place, I'm gonna leave you guys. But when I leave you, I'm gonna send the comforter, the, the helper, the counselor. And this word comes from the Greek word parakletos or the, the, the sort of derivative of that is paraklete, not parakeet, not Tweety Bird, right? Like, but what it means is that I'm gonna send you someone to come alongside of you. And not only will be beside you, that's what John, Jesus said, he will also be in you. He'll come beside you, he'll be 
in you, right? And, and now, now, when you think about this, that God says, that Jesus says, listen, I've been walking with you, but I'm going to leave and somebody else is going to take up my place. They're gonna, he's going to walk beside you. Now, when I think about that as just a regular dude, I'm saying, like, if I have to have the choice between Jesus in flesh riding with me in the car or like, like I can see him, I can shake hands with him um, or the Holy Spirit whom I can't see because he's invisible and I don't know and he's not saying, like, I'm going to try to choose Jesus, right? That would be the natural thing because that would be super cool. Like, you're just driving down the road, Jesus is in the passenger seat and traffic backs up and you're like, hey, Jesus, could, could you do something about this? And he's like, peace be still. Like, and then like, like Calabra opens wide open and you just drive right down the middle of all that, you know? And you're like, bam, and everybody's mad at you and they're throwing stuff, but, but Jesus blocks it for you and they can't hit you, right? Or, or like you have a headache and you're like, Jesus, my head hurts. And he's like, he's like headache no more, you know? Like that'd be super cool, right? Or you're walking your dog Fido and Fido gets off the leash and gets run over and you're like, Jesus, Fido. And Jesus is like, Fido, come up from the dead. And Fido's like alive and it's like all Awesome. And then those of you who have cats, you're walking your cat and they get run over. And Jesus is like, I don't do cats, man. I, I, I can't help it. You know, it's, it's a cat. Just kidding, cat people. Come on. All mad. Write me an email already on your phones. <laughs> hey. But the Bible says that, that the devil goes around like a roaring cat. Like, don't forget that. A amen. Like a lot. Anyways. Um, where was I again? Oh, yeah. Now, now here, here's the thing. If Jesus is with, with me in the car, here's the problem with that. He can't be with you. You understand what I'm saying to you right now? So this, this is why Jesus says in John chapter 16 and 7, he says to his followers, it's for your good that I'm going away. Because unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, Jesus, when he was on the earth, was just like you had the same kinds of limitations we did. He couldn't be everywhere at once. He could only be in one place at a time. But he says, hey, when I take off, I'm going to bring somebody who can be with millions of believers all at the same time, all around the world. That's why it's better that I go and send him. Does that make sense? So even though I would be like, I would rather have Jesus. No, no, no. It's better, he says, that I send the advocate, the Holy Spirit to there, to be there to help you because the Spirit of God can be anywhere at any time. So what, what is he doing when he's beside me, right? A couple things. I could do 10, 15 things. This is just an entry level thing. So n number one, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Say that. He's our helper, right? So check this out. When, when my strength runs out, when my abilities run out, this is the moment that the Holy Spirit comes in and does for me what I cannot do for myself. Now, he won't do for me what I can do, but he will do for me what I can't do. Like you can't be like one of these, like I grew up with some super spiritual people. They're like, God, help me to make enough money to pay my tithes. And God's like, no, no, you already make enough money to pay your tithes, right? And just do what you can do and I'm gonna bless that. Like I, I just, I pulled that one out of my head, right? But he won't do for you what you can do but he will do for you what you can't. Like when your ability, when your strength runs out, that's where he comes into play. And, 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 and I believe that from the time I was a, a teenager, uh, like a young person, like I would have a test. I'd be, like, I'd be like, God, can you by your spirit, can you help me with this test? Or, or as, a, as a pastor now, can you help me as I go out to present your word? Would you empower me? And he gives me this clarity and, and this, this clear mindedness to go out and do that. And he does that for you. And so, so students, as you go to test, this week. You need to do that. Some of y'all need more help than others, but you need to pray those prayers. 
Like, bring this back to my remembrance. I didn't even remember it, but you, could you install it? Like, could you download it in my hard drive, Jesus, right? Anyways, but, but here's, what, here's what he says. He says, like, like, I believe that he'll give me the right words to say in the moment that I need to say them. So, so Jesus is talking to his disciples in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 10. He says, hey, some of you are gonna be killed. Some of you are gonna be put in prison. You're gonna be put on trial. When you're put on trial, I want you just to start to speak. And when, I, when you do, he says in verse, verse 10, or 20 rather, it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father, what? Speaking through you. Like, like God can give you the right things to say. Have you ever been sitting with somebody who's hurting or broken or, or, or confused and, and you're like, God, I don't know what to tell them. Could you help me? And all of a sudden, it's amazing. You start saying things you didn't even know, right? And, and, and when it's done, you're like, man, I'm, babe, I'm really smart, man. Like, like in the moment, like boom, like it was just coming out. I was so on fire. Like I was on fire. Like, listen, not so much, right? Come on. That was the Holy Spirit talking to you. You're like, no, 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 dude. I, my IQ went up in that moment. Like I was super fired up with wisdom of Solomon. Like, and it was all me all the, all the time. No, 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 it wasn't, right? right. Like, like let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. Like, this is gonna freak you out a little bit, but this is how much I believe in this. When I was about 20 years old, I, had a, I was rocking a Nissan Stanza. Anybody know what I'm saying, Stanza? You know, bad car, dude. Like I was t- it was like a muscle car. No, it wasn't, it was like this big. Anyways, I'm driving, I'm driving. It was a rainy night. It was about 10 o'clock, 10.30, something like this. Pouring rain, pouring rain, and I'm driving down a 410 uh, just past Ingram Road, and I'm in the middle lane of three lanes, and I'm just, you know, I got it on cruise because when you're 20, you be like cruising every time you can, and that's not smart to do in the rain. But I remember all of a sudden my car just slowing down to like 45 miles an hour, and I can't make it go faster. It won't do it. It just slows down and locks in at 45. Well, about this time, this big old like Oldsmobile, like 73, like it's as big as the center section of this, this, this auditorium right here. It p- passes by me really fast. It gets to about where the front of this building is right there. And then it, it hydroplanes, spins out, slams into the barrier, turns around and sp- goes off down into the ditch. Well, had I, had I kept at 60 the whole time, I'd have been tangled up and all that. But as soon as I pass by that, he goes, he goes right by me. As soon as I pass by, my car picks back up to 60 and takes me right back on the, down the road. Now you can go, oh, bro, whatever. Come on, that didn't really happen. Yes, it did. Like probably I should have stopped and rendered aid, but that wasn't what I was thinking at 20. I just kept going like, whoa, what just happened right now? But as I was thinking, when I got home, I realized God said he would give his angels charge over me. He'll protect us. He'll be there. He's our helper, everybody. He's our helper. You believe that with me today? He's our helper. So he'll help you when you can't help yourself. Like I've seen people who are addicted to things, chemicals and addicted to eating and addicted to pornography and they, and they cry out and God help me and God helps them and God sets them free because they can't help themselves. I've seen him do this time and time again. The, the, the same word for helper is also the word translated as comforter. Comforter. Like some of you are in this room today and you're really deeply struggling with things that seem bigger than you and you don't know what to do and you're hurting and you're broken and, you, and you're dealing and you're afraid. But the Bible says that in those moments when I'm afraid, I can call out and he will be a comforting presence. This is why we stopped a little while ago to pray for the folks down in Santa Fe because more than ever, they just need somebody to come and offer comfort, a peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. 
Like it doesn't make sense. And, and, and I've been in moments where I, I, I think, God, I can't, I, can't, I can't deal with the pain or the hurt or the confusion of this moment. But that God would send the spirit to me to be the comforter and I would have this otherworldly peace that nobody else could give me. Nobody else's words of wisdom or help could help me because the Holy Spirit is my helper and he's my comforter. Amen, somebody. Number two, the Holy Spirit is also our teacher. Look at John 16, 13. But he says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in what? All the truth. He'll guide you into it. He'll teach you what you need to know. Like you can be listening to this message and hear things that I don't even say because God's working in your life. You, you can be reading the scripture and go, I don't really understand it. All of a sudden, it'll just like, have you ever had that where you're like reading going, wow, I've never seen that before. Even though you know you've read that, the Holy Spirit is just illuminating it in a different way. And it's like, he's, he's your teacher and he wants to help you. And, and oftentimes what he does is he helps us with, with blind spots. Things that other people can see about us that we miss about ourselves, like, like our pride. Like I don't see that I'm prideful. And he's like, hey, Danny, let me take this from here and put this right in your face, bud. You need to work on that. And there's a conviction that comes along with it. See, the difference between conviction and what the devil does to you is he condemns you. He makes you feel less than. He makes you feel ashamed. He makes you feel hopeless about your situation. The Holy Spirit conviction, it, it, it brings conviction. And the Bible says that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Not, not God's wrath or God's anger or God's hostility. It's his kindness. Danny, that, that selfishness, man, come on, we gotta grow up out of that, Danny. Hey, Danny, that greed thing you got going on, that pride thing that you got going on, that anger thing that you got going on that's out of control. Danny, 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 you gotta deal with that, bud. We're, we're better than this. We can do better than this. And, the, and so he's my teacher and he's helping me see the things that I can't see. And, and what he's trying to produce in me is what Paul writes in Galatians chapter five. But when he says, but the fruit of the spirit, look at this, look at this with me, is love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and, and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and, and self-control, these nine sort of qualities of the fruit of the spirit. Now, like some of you are going, yeah, man, I got that on lockdown, all nine of those. But I'm looking at that going, man, I'm still, like, I need a teacher because I'm in second grade on some of these. Can I get an amen on that? Like, like for, for me, like, I'll be like, man, I finally got some joy and I got some peace and I'm feeling good about it. And then I drive down Calabra, man. And then all of a sudden, poof, it's all gone. And I'm like, I'm gonna need another second helping of, of the, I, I need the ice cream man to circle back around and bring me another joy sickle, like, and a fudge bomb. Cause, cause like I have lost it all in one moment. Come on, I know y'all got all this down. But I'm telling you right now that I, I need help in this. But what's beautiful is that God knows me. And like he knows, Danny has no patience and I really don't have any patience. My wife will tell you, my kids will tell you. Like I don't have, he's like, we got a Holy Spirit, we got to work on Danny's patience thing. We got we to raise the, the threshold from second grade to at least like middle of the second grade year, right? <laughs> Come on, anybody? Like, but he knows how we're wired. And, and when I say, God, I need you by your spirit, I, I'm open, I'm, I'm demystifying. I'm not thinking it's just for everybody else. God, by your spirit, like put the fruit of the spirit in me and, and grow that stuff in me. Like right now, it's just a little tiny seed, but patience, be larger, you know what I'm saying, in my life. Come back around. That's what he's trying to do in my life. And, and the last thing that the Holy Spirit does for us, and he's way more than that, but the last one I'm talking about, the Holy Spirit can be your friend. He can be your friend. You know, as an adult, it's harder for me to relate to best friends in the way that I probably did, like maybe in middle school or high school, particularly in high school, early college years. 
when your best friend would be the kind of dude who would just always be there. You know, when the good stuff was happening, like, like you're like, man, you know, that girl said yes, you know, and, 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 and you hit the game, winning shot or, or whatever. And, but they would also be there for you in the worst of times when your old best friend stole your girlfriend. Come on, can I get an amen on that? Like, you used to be my best friend, but now I cut you off. And this guy, right? But the best friend will be with you there through all the ups and all the downs. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus says this in John 15. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. He says, but instead I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. And Jesus says, hey, listen, guys, I'm been, I'm your, you're my friends. We're friends, but I got to leave, but I'm going to send you another friend, another advocate, somebody that you can relate to, somebody that you can go through the worst of times and the best of times and know Paraclete, he's always right beside you. And he's in you. And you can drive down the road and you can say, God, I need wisdom for this day. And he's there. God, I, I got to respond to this email in a way that I don't want to hurt. I don't want to destroy. I don't want to mess thing, this up. And he's there to give you wisdom. God, I don't know how to handle this situation. Would you help? And he gives you wisdom to handle a moment. He's there. And you can relate to him as a friend. I don't want you to leave here with nothing, without something practical that you can do to respond to this message. So I'm gonna give you three quick prayers, three quick prayers. And I want you to pray them today with me in this moment. And then I want you to pray them this week. If you want, if you are, you're like, you know what, God, I, I want this. I don't wanna, I don't wanna think of you as somebody over there. I want you, to, I want, I want you, I wanna know that you're right here with me and that I can have access to you at all times. Your presence, your spirit is right with me. So, so number one, Holy Spirit, show me. Would you say that with me? Holy Spirit, show me. Show me the blind spots. Show me the stuff inside my heart that I'm missing. Show me how to, 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 to make progress. Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, he says this, and he's talking about a, in a future tense. He says this, he says, um, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you and I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And then look at this, and I will put my spirit in you and move you, look at this, to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. There's many of you who've tried so hard to do all the right stuff and you're like, I just can't do all the right stuff. This is where you need the Holy Spirit to come along beside you, give you power, give you an anointing, give you help to show you the stuff. And, and so you need to pray, not only Spirit show me, but you need to pray David's prayer in Psalm 51, where he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew within me a right spirit. See, he says, see if there's any offensive ways in me. Know, know my anxious thoughts, he says. Like, know them, help me to see them. And then he says, and then lead me into the ways everlasting. And you can pray that every day. You can wake up in the morning, God, show me what's going on in my life. What, what I did today, like maybe you do it at the end of the day, what I did today that was offensive, like help me see it, show me. And then the second prayer is, Holy Spirit, change me. Like he's shown me some stuff and now I got to respond to that. Holy Spirit, change me. And you know how the Holy Spirit will change you is through little steps, small steps that you take. Every, every change that you've ever made in your life where you've changed the way you were into something better, it took small steps, didn't it? So this is the same thing. And, and so maybe your small step is, I don't really read the Bible. The only time I read the Bible is when I read it, when you're reading it on the screen, Danny. So you download the Version app on your phone or your iPad or whatever you have. And if it's not an Apple product, whatever inferior product that you have, 
Kidding. Kidding. Kinda. Kinda. And you just read the scriptures and you download a, 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 a you download that app and you, you just you start reading the plans. There's all there's a million plans on there and you just read that. Or maybe your next right step is, you know what? I've given my heart to Jesus, but I've never been water baptized. That's your next step. Jesus did it, you need to do it. Like, like stop putting that off. Stop saying someday, today, let's do it. Like we'll go, there's one out back, we'll fill it up. Maybe we won't, but we will, we'll, we'll next week. We'll take you to the pond at the property. We'll dunk, some of Dandy will do that. There's leeches in there. I'm gonna watch from the shore. I'm kidding, Bapti- baptism. Maybe it's, maybe it's trusting Jesus with your finances, right? You're like, you know what, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the tithe. I'm gonna test you as Malachi says. Let's see what you can do. Maybe it's joining the team. Maybe it's, maybe it's making a difference. Whatever it is, whatever your next step is, Holy Spirit, change me. And then finally, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. What this is saying is, God, if you have something for me that I don't know about, if you have something for me that I haven't experienced, if you have something for me that, that there's more, then I want that. Like, I don't think anybody here, if I said, hey, you have all that God, that, that, that God can give you, you don't want any more from God. Like, nobody would say that. Holy Spirit, fill me. It's like, God, fill me with your spirit. Give me, give me, give me all of your presence. Give me all of your, that, that you have. And you know what? Being spirit-filled doesn't make you better than somebody who's not, right? It just makes you better than the best version of you, of you that you can do on your own. It empowers you. It gives you grace. It gives you strength in a moment. Like, like, like it gives you incredible gifts. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, change me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Can I pray for you real quick? Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for John as he wrote all of these teachings. Um, in, in, in his gospel that you gave, that you personally gave, that you personally taught us about, that we would not think of the work of the Holy Spirit as something other than for some other kinds of people or whatever, but we would integrate, we'd demystify and integrate this into our own lives, that we would say, Holy Spirit, show and, and, and show me and change me and fill me, that we would be open to whatever it is that you want to do for us, that whatever it is you want to do in us, that whatever it is that you want to do through us, that we would not make it something other than what it is, the promise of the Father, blessings of the Father. God, I, I, I remember reading um, in, in Corinthians, Lord, where Paul says, may the, may, the, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And, and what Paul was saying is, may we know and, and, and rest in and celebrate the grace of God, what was purchased for us on, uh, of Jesus, what was purchased for us on the cross. And may we know the love of God as, as, as our heavenly father, but may we also enjoy a fellowship and intimacy with the Holy Spirit on a day, day in, day out basis. May we experience that. May we know that I pray in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, thank you guys so much. Let's give God a big hand clap of praise. Amen.